0: to wasting time podcast i'm chris i'm chatting to nick what's up nick i'm good man i'm good uh yeah what's happening it's been been quite an eventful week my, my well our friends in lovebreakers um they've had a busy week this week and i i had the pleasure of going to watch them play at the garage two nights ago opening for billy joe armstrong's side project the cover-up so that was a fun night i thought maybe tell you a little bit about that before we we get into today's show yeah
1: yeah it looked um
0: like a sold out show from what I, could, what I could see online mate hottest ticket in town honestly yeah yeah it was uh i think so tell us a bit i guess tell us a little
1: bit about what the cover-ups are all about then like what you know of them and
0: yeah for sure like... and and this is with all my work with love breakers to to be honest because like I, th- I don't think I've made a secret of the fact on the show that i'm not I'm not the biggest Green Day fan. I've got nothing against Green Day, but they just never really clicked with me. Um but lovebreakers are huge fans of um huge Green Day fans and have kind of like garnered a relationship with them, really. And Chris Dugan, who is the drummer in the cover-ups and a very close friend of Billy Joe Armstrong, ended up mixing the the Lovebreakers album, which is, at the time of recording out tomorrow and uh, he's been a big kind of champion of the band for a long time so I I guess it's through him and Billy Joe Armstrong liking them as well that they got on these two cover-up shows that have been happening in London this week and uh, yeah, it's just kind of I guess the setup of the cover-ups it's 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 just a bit of fun for Billy Joe Armstrong just to go out and come out and play a bunch of covers of songs that he loves. And like he came out on stage and just said, yeah, this is just kind of like what we do at home. We just, this is a karaoke vibe. We're just getting together and we're playing some songs. And that's kind of what it is. But obviously, Billy Joe Armstrong being such a huge star and playing very small venues for him, these shows sold out like as soon as they were announced. They were only announced a few days before they actually happened. So yeah, so uh, went along on Tuesday night to the first one. Hoping to go to the second one tomorrow as well, and uh, it was great. Love Breakers played to a full room; absolutely smashed it. And then, uh, yeah, then the cover ups were fun. Had Courtney Love come out as a surprise guest, which was uh, that was something seeing Courtney Love at the Highbury Garage. It was fu- it was fun spotting people in the audience as well. You noticed Frank Skinner there with his little boy. Glenn Matlock was there as well, so yeah, it was it was a cool
1: night. Yeah, star studded by the sounds of it. how did you? How did you know about the Courtney Love thing? Was just the Love Breaker boys told you that she was hanging about
0: Yeah, so when I got to the venue, because obviously they'd been there sound checking, uh spending time with with Billy Joe Armstrong, et cetera. And I think I think when he was chatting to uh, Christian and Jack from the Love Breakers on the stage, he was like, Yeah, we've got a special guest coming tonight. And then immediately after that, Courtney Love turned up and sound checked with them. Um so so kind yeah, sh- they could they sh- they shared that information when I got there, and you know we weren't kind of allowed to tell people other people who'd arrived. It was a you know obviously it had to be a surprise, but I did know it was coming. How did um, how did she
1: sound these days? Not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to see though. And the cover-ups. What I mean, what I I did see a video of them doing um, cover of the Strokes.
0: Yes, they played last night. Which was yeah, but different. what was the kind of range of covers so we have lots of things like the clash generation x and buzzcocks lots of punk like that and then we've got loads of tom petty fair enough good good night all around then yeah yeah really fun really fun and as i say hoping to hoping to go again tomorrow so if i do i'll let you know how that is that's at the 100 club so that the 100 club being where you and i saw yeah where we saw goldfinger all those years ago uh so that would be crazy
1: do you not know, think that would be more of an exclusive venue as well for more star-studded uh, audience Potentially. members?
0: Potentially, yeah. So, like I say, if I go, I will definitely report back on that. Fair enough, good stuff. Yeah, and congratulations to our to our mates in Lovebreakers because it's uh, those are huge huge shows for
1: them. What what else has been going on? I'm I've been a bit uh, been lying a little bit low over the last couple of weeks with work and baby stuff, but. Uh, Anything new on your radar?
0: Um, I assume you have the chance to hear the new songs by Sum forty One and Wonder Years.
1: Uh yes. What's your thoughts on that Sum forty one though?
0: I like it. So it's clearly on the the heaven side of their double album. Yeah. It's yeah. uh yeah, it's a really cool song. I feel like the chorus sounds a bit like a chorus that they've done before. Sounds a bit recycled. But having said that, I still I still like it. But I'm hoping there's going to be stronger songs than that on that album. Like I preferred the other single that they released from that side of the album, "Landmines." I think was stronger. What did What did you think?
1: Yeah, similar vibe really. Um, decent enough song. Definitely on that side of the fence rather than the heavier side. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all right. Not one to uh. Not one that's probably going to hold up in a playlist for too long. But one of your song is quite is is a lot heavier than and. Uh, Than a lot of their recent stuff. I don't know if that's a planned change in direction, but it's uh, it's almost going like almost down a little bit of a hardcore kind of route. A little bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, not for me. <laughs> On that
0: Basis, I guess, really. No, same, same. It's not. It's not what I want from a Wonder year song. Personally, It'd be interesting to see if the, the the forthcoming new material is is of that ilk as well.
1: Yeah, you kind of expect it to be, don't you? When there's been. Yeah quite a significant shift it's not like you're gonna have one song that's just like this kind of crunching kind of yeah yeah double exactly.
0: time kind of
1: hardcore style so be interesting interesting yeah to see, see if they are going in a new direction
0: absolutely and then i suppose another new release that will be out on the 1st of march is as mentioned before that love breakers album which uh you know i i I kind of i spent some time with them when it was being tracked and i was involved in a lot of the emails with chris dugan who'd mixed it and stuff so yeah i definitely have to give it some love given that we're uh recording an episode when it's about to be released i know i'm pretty sure i've sent it to you as well so you'll be familiar with it with it as well but it's a lot of love's gone into it and uh, i hope it does as well as it's Deserves to do title track wonder, which is one of my favorite ones. is came out a couple of weeks ago. Nice, yeah, it's a good track, definitely. So uh, look out for that. Also, want to give a shout. There's a new band that I'm working with from Essex, who are called Sharp Eyes. Incredible songwriters. It's uh, it's kind of it's in the pop punk world. Um, Sam the singer like sings in his own accent, which uh, it's regular listeners to the show will know. I have a have a bugbear about that with English bands. When they don't do that, whereas this guy very much does it. And I think he absolutely nails it. They have a new song called Past Your Best, which I'm going to play a snippet of now. Yeah, so that was past your best, which is out on March the sixth. So um, yeah, keep 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 eyes on this band because I, uh, I I think they're great, and I think there's lots of good things ahead for them. I've heard the next single after this one, and it's just it blew me away. Cool, Certain stuff. Absolutely. All right, shall we get into today's episode? Let's do it. Cool. Do you want do you want to set this up, or do you want me to?
1: Um, I can do. Yeah. So we yeah, try to. Uh, we hey. chatted to Cassidy Pope, who some of you might remember from the days of uh, Hey Monday. She was the front woman of um, Hey Monday, um, who later went on into a country career. Was on The Voice, US won The Voice, US. Um, so quite an interesting journey and story through the industry. And you know she's in this in this place now where she's looking to move back into the pop punk world and kick things off again kind of within our roots so here it is
2: hey friends how we doing how are you
0: good good very good thank you
2: thanks for having me on
0: yeah thanks for being here let 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 us just quickly introduce ourselves so uh my name's chris i'm based uh just outside of kingston just sort of southwest of london i'll let my friend here introduce introduce himself I'm Nick,
1: and I'm based in the northeast of England, a place called Newcastle, Newcastle upon Tyne. Mm-hmm. So up in the cold, cool. cold northeast. So nice. Where, yeah, we know kind of you're Florida-born and bred, but where where yeah. do you reside? Where are you residing at the moment? Still in Florida? Or?
2: I I'm in Nashville currently. I was in LA for um probably three years, and then came here, and I just was like, oh, this feels like home, so I stayed
0: nice so so you've been in nashville for a fair fair while now
2: yeah i've been here um i think it was in january it was um 11 years so i've seen a lot of changes um i've found my community which is really nice i mean it's i feel like you know that stuff changes over the years but sure it's the the rock community is is growing so much here and it's like there's this great movement happening here so i love
0: it speaking of the rock community in nashville we've definitely spoken to our fair share of uh guests on this show um that are from yeah that, I, I i'm sure the community you're referring to you know
2: yeah i i saw you you've talked to taylor acorn who's mm-hmm. a pal uh charlotte sands um yes. i'm trying to think of who else you might have talked to i i saw them on on a list and i was like oh yeah those are my girls
1: yeah we've done all right we've done all right I, i i guess the way we usually do these things is kind of a a bit of a chronological walk through career basically um your career is quite an interesting one so i don't know if we just want to kind of start kind of just tell us a little bit about your upbringing in florida your early influences with music kind of what your upbringing was like and um we'll start there and see where it goes i guess
2: yeah sure um so, I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida. It was a very interesting place to grow up because there wasn't any sort of like dominant music scene that that um, was everybody's favorite. It was just like all different genres. so my I grew up hearing a lot of country music because my family loved country music. but then my parents specifically also really loved classic 80s rock. So I was hearing, you know, Journey and Boston and all of that growing up a lot. And it was, uh, I was actually four years old when I started taking voice lessons. Um, I was hooked. I loved it. And um, I think I took voice lessons for probably like eight, seven or eight years um, from there. I, my voice coach was really smart and got me on stage really young. So I was singing at little fairs and festivals and stuff in West Palm. Um, And then fast forward to being like a teenager, I started getting more into rock music. I loved um, Avril's first record. And then I got really into Blink-182 and um, Yellow Card and all of that. So I, uh, there was a little rock scene in West Palm. So I started going to shows. I started playing in bands that would just like need a singer for a show or two. Eventually. Um, I, I did get, uh, I I went to a music conference in Atlanta that where I, I met Richard rains, who was the, the drive-through guy, drive-through records. Um, and I guess record without records, it's like, that could be anything, (laughs) the (laughs) drive-through guy. Um, and I sang for him cappella because I didn't have any demos at that point. Um, and he signed me to a development deal and I was 15. So that happened. I did that for about a year. We were not on the same page creatively. I, I'm a pop kid. I've always loved like catchy pop melodies with, with, you know, heavy riffs. And he, sure. they were looking for more of like a Rilo Kylie, like indie thing. That was so not me. I love that yeah. stuff, but I, it's not me. So sure. we eventually, you know, um, uh split ways and then i actually went to the same conference two years later and i had a demo this time i had a band we were called blake which is my middle name um and we we handed the demo to an anr from columbia records this guy jay heron um who lives here in nashville now and um he loved it he got us to new york city to showcase for columbia we got signed um and then we changed the name to Hey Monday because we had a few member changes. Um, and I know I'm like going through my whole career, so I know you said start no, from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, I might have gotten a little out of hand there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where where things led to the, the Hey Monday stuff.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, just just one, one little question that um, in in that that I just wanted to quickly pull you up on them. Um, so obviously you mentioned Richard Raines and. I assume like you were quite familiar with drive through and you were excited about that at the time who who was who were like some of your favorite drive through early bands in those days because we all had our favorites right
2: yeah i was i I was really obsessed with hello goodbye at the time okay. um i I love that band Halifax um oh yeah
1: Halifax. I'm
2: trying to think of who else was on drive through at i mean every so many people were on drive through, but it was just uh, so long ago. I'm like, yeah, who else was on? do you guys have have finch. your favorite? yeah uh, oh remember. yeah finch
1: they were a great band uh phoenix <laughs> tx newfound Startin line. Oh, uh, starting
2: line starting
0: just... line oh Home, homegrown were a great band midtown were a big one
2: midtown for me. oh my god i forgot they were on drive Through too yeah, yeah i love all those they, bands They were one
0: of the very early ones on drive-thru
2: oh man yeah what a what a what a evolution for that guy <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. like
2: going from that to Cobra Starship yeah I know um, I know
0: I see I assume you've crossed paths with like the likes of Gabe and Rod uh, yeah. Rob Hitt over the years
2: yeah yeah we toured we toured together one of the first Hey Monday tours Cobra Starship was on it was us um all-time low metro station Cobra Starship and Fall Out Boy so it was wow. like a
0: stacked <laughs> crazy crazy tour and and speaking of fallout boy obviously pete wentz was kind of one of your your early cheer cheerleaders right and he kind of really made things happen yeah. for hey monday is that fair to say
2: yeah it was it was all by chance too um we were already being looked at by columbia records and um our our demo just sort of started circulating through the crush management office which is oh, yeah. who manages yeah. fallout boy and Pete was in the office and he just like overheard one of the managers listening to our demo. And he was like, what is that? I want to be involved. And so Decadence, his label and Columbia, um, they just did a joint venture for us. And he was more of like the, the, um, the cheerleader, the mouthpiece, the, like the person who just like was the word of mouth guy and obviously took us on tour all over the world. So he was, he was a pretty huge piece of why we, you know got our fan base and how people started finding out about us and
1: just in terms of kind of just to track back a little bit in terms of hey monday becoming hey monday was it the whole blake thing that kind of just merged into hey monday or was it a, like a completely different project or like how did the hey I monday mean, ping come together
2: yeah we had so blake was um myself mike gentile who ended up being staying in and being in hey monday and then three other members and it was sort of like this weird, there was just such a disconnect because at the time I had these managers who we don't need to talk about them. (sighs) (laughs)
0: Um,
2: and I mean, I was like 13 when I met them, so they sunk their teeth into me and you know, um, and they just like brought in these three other members that I hadn't known before. It was just a very weird dynamic. And, Mm. um, and so we had like demos and we had songs, but it didn't quite feel like what I wanted to really do. Um, so when it was time, it was actually kind of interesting. Columbia totally picked up on that, and they when they wanted to sign, they actually only signed me. But when they wanted to sign me and like do the band, they were like, "We yeah. really just feel like there's like those three guys and you two. Like it just doesn't make sense, and like the vibe didn't gel and whatever." So we kicked the other guys out. <laughs> we put a band together with the two of us and like two friends we knew from West Palm Beach, and we were having a hard time finding a bass player. So um, we asked people at Crush Management, like, hey, do you know anybody? And they actually had an intern at the time um, who we nicknamed Jersey. And um, that's how the band came to be. And the songs that ended up being Hey Monday songs, um, we really mostly wrote them in New York when we started working on the album with Sam Hollander and Dave Katz. Um, So everything we had for Blake, like we didn't use any of it because we we went more of right. like the pop right. route, like the pop punk route, which was not quite what Blake was doing.
0: And was the kind of the tra- trajectory of uh, Hey Monday? Was that quite quick? Like, did you guys kind of did, did it feel like you blew up really quickly? I mean, it, from an outside perspective, you know, when when you came on, the scene, it felt like it did to me a little bit. Is that is that? Fair it
2: did, yeah, I mean, I think we it was such a blur. It happened so fast that it didn't register like how much of an impact we were making, but I, I do remember, you know, the, releasing the album. And then like a week later being in places like Japan and Australia, where they were singing every word, like these arenas, um wow. when we were opening for Fall up Boy, we we're just like singing every word. And it was just, it was so fast and um looking back, you know, talking to, my my old day-to-day manager rohan she he's actually working he's actually like head of a&r at warner here in nashville so he's like Mm -hmm. in the country world now and we were talking about it and it's just like that doesn't happen like we just got we just got we they found us and we got signed and then we went on these crazy tours and we we got like to i think it was like 38 on top 40 radio which wasn't great but it was like we didn't it's have to do a radio a tour. Still, though, you
1: know. In the pop punk world yeah. as well, you know. yeah.
2: yeah. I, mean, I mean, and I think that that's just in the US. So I think overseas and, and Europe and everything, like uh, we did a lot better as far as just like our, our following and radio and all of that. So, yeah, it was fast. It, it The band wasn't together very long. People kind of forget we were only together for about like three, four, four years. Yeah. Um, which is wild. So it is cool to to hear that we, we had some lasting impacts on people. Um, but it is, people just don't remember how mm. quick we were finished. You know, you did, pretty,
1: you did pretty well in the UK as well, right? You did a few. Yeah. So what was your, first, what was the first tour in the UK? Um, I don't remember. Is that, <laughs> dig deep that.
2: there, there was a, there's a band that I loved and they were called, Oh my god, I can't remember. It, I was eighteen. Um, something houses.
0: Oh, it wasn't tinted glass class houses, class was it? Classes? Maybe too old. For, uh, that from, might, from they, Wales. No.
2: They that would that that was they were bigger. I think that okay. the band we went out with was was smaller, and we were doing oh, like really small clubs. Dang it, I wish I remembered. They were awesome. Um, so that was probably the first one. And then we did another tour with We the Kings over there. Um yeah. we did uh, a headlining thing with Stereo Skyline. Mm-hmm. Um and then we did the Fallout Boy tour, which I think was the last one we did over there. Oh, who uh, can you
1: can, do you remember who else was on that tour? Like with Fallout on the who else was on the bill with this Fallout Boy?
2: Was it it over there? Was it All American Rejects? Mm-hmm. Because so. there was a few I'm different sure iterations. I oh, I mean, was it was it the same lineup? Like all time low, Metro Station, Cobra Starship.
1: Maybe, Maybe. I'm
0: struggling to remember. Just oh, as oh, you, um, know.
2: No. no, the UK was um. They no. just broke up. Um. UK based. Uh, oh,
0: oh, you mean you meet at, meet six?
2: at 6 Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah, I, I,
2: I love, I just loved their, I loved their music, so okay. I was excited to tour with yeah. them.
1: They are doing Slam Dunk though, aren't they, this year? So that's their final, uh, final I know. goodbye, isn't
0: it? Final hurrah. Yeah, they're local boys to to me. They live literally in the next town over, which is about a 20-minute walk. And they're uh, oh, cool. very much known. In
1: why haven't area. they been on the podcast yet, Chris?
0: <laughs> that's true. We do need to reach out to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: come on.
0: Have you done Slam Dunk before? You have, haven't yes. you? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just once though. And I would love to go back. It was so fun. <laughs> The year I played was the year that Dan from the audition jumped from the balcony to crowd surf and um, broke someone's arm.
0: Yeah. I vaguely it's remember an eventful that, year. Yeah. I think uh, Nick, let, let's kind of move quite quickly through this because obviously there's because obviously Cassidy your career there's so much to cover and I want to talk about like stuff that's going on now as well so I I feel like we could dwell on that these these early hey Monday years for ages (laughs) but in the interest of moving on so as you said the band was was comparatively short-lived um Mm -hmm. particularly given what you did in that time so like you kind of I guess you realized that you it was time to maybe like move in the solo direction I was um I was listening to you on another show the other day and you were talking about how I think, did you say you did a last talk, was it in Brazil and you'd already told that? Yeah. Sorry. I'll let you. uh...
2: Yeah, no, it was crazy. I mean, it was like, I, I didn't want, I didn't want this to be an abrupt thing on, on the guys. And at that point we had, A few member changes, but Mike Gentile and Alex lipshaw were the last two in the band that, like, were in from the beginning. And I just wanted to give them a good heads up because I didn't want them to feel blindsided. So I told them that I was gonna, I was gonna walk away from Hey Monday and pursue a solo thing before our tour in Brazil with Never Shout Never. And Mm -hmm. I remember turning 21 on that tour. So in Brazil, I was in Sao Paulo when I turned 21, which was really fun. That's that's Um, very cool. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just we, we weren't it was a weird time for us. We, we had so many changes at the label, like our A&R got let go and we had a new label president. Um, it, it, we were going in a different direction stylistically. We weren't, we weren't really doing the pop punk thing anymore, or at least we wanted to try and move away from it because we were, we, we wanted to do more of like the organic, like, I don't know, Michelle branch kind of stuff that I, I've always loved. So, um, yeah, so I left and went to LA. Extractor. And then.
0: (laughs) How soon was the, the, the voice after moving to LA and becoming a solo artist? What, what's the timeline there?
2: I think it was a year that I was in LA. Um, -hmm. I was, I, I made an EP or that was toward the end. I didn't make my EP yet. When I first got there, I was just like. I had a few people that said they would help me when I, if I just moved out there and then they ghosted me. So that was terrible, but I oh. thankfully lived with my close friend who's still like a sister to me. Um, and now a big songwriter, Allie Tamposi and we were, she was just great to live with and try, like basically just gave me a lot of encouragement. Um, and then eventually I started making an EP um, and that's when the voice scouted me and, and got in touch with my old manager. Um, not the managers from when I was a kid, the one from Hey Monday. And, um, they just, they asked if I wanted to come do a scheduled audition. And at that point I had done an acoustic tour that was like complete bomb. I mean, it was like five people would show up at certain cities. It was really, really tough. Um, and then just being super broke, like I just didn't have money and, um, I didn't know what else to do and i i always i actually was approached to do the season prior but i said no because i was still in hey monday um Mm -hmm. i didn't want to do i just didn't ever want to do a show like that for some reason um and so i just i said yes out of desperation and then it ended up being a great decision and great for my career so
0: and obviously doing that the audition that's televised i mean in front of these mega stars that are judging you i mean you've obviously had a lot of experience being on big stages already at that point but was that like a whole different level like were you still like super nervous like as as the average person would be
2: yeah I mean it was nothing like tour it was nothing Mm -hmm. like playing live shows it was just it was so um sterile and I say that with like love because I I know they tried to make it like the crowd super hype and everything but for like the the blind audition when the crowd isn't really supposed to, they don't cheer you on when you come on stage, you just like walk up and you're, it's super quiet and very daunting. And you're singing to the backs of these celebrities heads and dots. It's worse than when they turn around and you can like sing to their faces. Um, And then also just like taking into account, you know, when you're, when you're at a live show and you're bouncing around and you're able to make mistakes and it's fine. And it's not a big deal because you're just energy, the energy's there and people are, crowd surfing and whatever this is like any mistake you make any little flub any anything where you're bouncing and it's like making your voice bounce it's it it's works against you even though you're putting on a really fun performance and you might be entertaining people like you you would just have to sing perfectly or attempt to um and not mess up and that was like the biggest adjustment for me was not moving around at too much to where it affected my voice. Um, Cause I yeah. love, I love a high energy show. So it was really hard. And then also like knowing that it's live television or even when it was just pre recorded, like it just, just being nervous about my outfit or how I looked or, Oh, that I'm like, am I going to mess up the lyrics? Am I going to fall? Yeah. All, all of that was just, it was debilitating.
1: Did you have like a an idea in your head in terms of like how you wanted to present yourself, or was it? I mean, kind of you say you were doing the the solo stuff in advance, and you know slugging it out in the you know the small venues. What kind of stuff were you playing there? And were you almost trying to take the Cassidy that you were doing there into the voice, or we did you kind of decide or try were you trying to do something different?
2: I kind of went in with an open mind, but I I really wanted to do like a pop rock thing. Like I I didn't. I think because Hey Monday felt it felt like at the time, like a failure and it felt like we didn't have the support toward the end there. I just, I wanted, I didn't want to do pop punk anymore. Um, And so I, and I didn't, and I was never just like a strictly pop singer either. So I I thought that would be a good balance. And that, that is what I was doing as a solo artist. Um, My EP was, it was kind of a, a mess to be honest but it was like pop rock and then there was some like electronic stuff um but yeah it that was the goal to go into the show but I was all of my covers that I listed there were there were country songs in there because um they encouraged you to like take a song and make it your own and there were some songs that I covered as a kid when I, Uh. I started singing on country music so I covered that those songs as a kid like cry by faith hill which was my the voice finale song i did that as a kid and Mm -hmm. so i was like well i'll put those down because they're voicey and they show my range but i can make them you know the arrangement more rock
1: so that was the goal i guess the voice the landscape of the voice in the we obviously we have it over here and i guess the landscape's Mm -hmm. very different from here to over there especially when you add the country thing in I get, do artists generally have a lot of success in the country kind of world in that show don't they
2: yeah i think i i don't know if it's because like the the demographic that watches that show in particular mm. is is pretty country leaning but um I, I don't know i mean in the u.s i feel like country music is just so popular in general yeah. um mm, yeah, yeah. that it's it makes sense but yeah and I it was it- like totally Huh.
1: I was going to say who were the judges on that show?
2: Oh, um it was Blake Shelton who was my coach, um Christina Aguilera, CeeLo Green and Adam Levine.
0: Just some small small guys then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know I noticed like re- like <laughs> Crazy. I I I have seen the clips of you on it before, but rewatching that, like CeeLo Green, like <laughs> playing it cool to the last minute when the others turned around straight away.
2: I know yeah. he, he made he made me feel a little greedy because I I was like, if <laughs> just one person turns, I'll be happy. Yeah, like, and then when three turned, I was like, come on, CeeLo. That's his was problem, like, sudden, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, why are you 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 made it? Like, shush, don't don't worry about it. That was and- nice.
0: So I mean, that must have been this. So obviously, you went on to, to win the show, which is which is awesome. <laughs> um, But like, so from from Hey Monday, you were, obviously had some level of celebrity, at least in our world. But then I guess being on that show and winning it, like it must have like the amount of people who recognised you in the street, I assume kind of would have went up tenfold. What was that experience like?
2: I mean, it was so crazy. Cause we were sequestered during the show. So we're, we're all in a hotel and we're not really going anywhere.
0: Yeah. And then
2: they, you know, after I won, I just like got on a red eye to New York city and did all this press and like in the airport and going through to all these different talk shows and like Anderson Cooper and Kelly Ripa and all these mm-hmm. and people knowing me and saying nice things. I was just like, what is happening and the, the cool thing about the voice is they tell everybody's stories so well and with so much care and and empathy it's not like some of those other ones where like they, they just thrive on the drama side of things Yeah, they just tell the stories of the artist so beautifully that when you when people come up to you in public it's like they they talk to you like you're you're a normal person it's not like they're hyperventilating and freaking out and like I mean, every once in a while there might be someone who's crying or something, but it's never, I feel like people see me because of that show. They know my story. They know everything about me, basically. Like they just see me more as like a friend. And so I really enjoyed that. Like I enjoy, it was never overwhelming or scary being stopped and recognized because everybody was just really kind and chill about it. So that
1: was a cool part of it. I I think it's relatively the same over here in terms of the voice. Like they do a better job of giving a genuine kind of portrayal of the the people that are on the show versus some of the other ones that, you know, are more around kind of just how it's presenting itself and how it's marketing itself in the best, best way possible, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, And it makes the experience, you know, it's already so nerve wracking. So it, I can't even imagine having to also deal with, you know, maybe being exploited or maybe um, being told that I need to be more like dramatic and maybe have an argument with a fellow cast member or what like. <laughs> it just, that would add such a crazy element to it that would suck so much and make me even more nervous. So I'm glad that the voice is not like that. They're, they're very, very good to their artists. I
0: noticed um, after winning it, like the kind of tours you went on, like uh, you're on, the road with the lights of Dirks Bentley and stuff. Like,
2: yeah. how do, how
0: how does like a Dirks Bentley tour compare to a Fall Out Boy tour, for example? Like, <laughs> you know, because they're slightly different worlds, right?
2: <laughs> you know, what's interesting? I think the Dirks tour was probably the most similar to the Fall Out Boy tour because his fans are were I don't know they, like I I opened for him a while ago, but they're they're yeah. young and they're like high energy and they were jumping okay. around and I was like, ooh, I like this, but the tour that I did right after the voice was opening for rascal flats. And that was not high energy. Like I, I remember walking out onto this like huge amphitheater stage and the, there was like probably 70% of the crowd was in by that point. And so it's like very spotty and not super cool looking. And I was like, no one stood and no one was like jumping and rocking out. And I was like, Oh this is going to be different, and it was definitely. It took a long time for me to get used to, and now that I'm like back in pop punk, the shows sure. have been a lot, a lot more ener- energetic and fun.
0: So obviously, you, you know, you, you you had this spell in the kind of country pop world, and and did very well mm-hmm. in it. But and then I felt like it was. <sighs> like it's not a slow transition but you did like your record in 2021 that was it was almost like a little bit country still but it's almost like pop punk and country mixed I mean was that intentional with like the direction sort of going back into this world
2: well I was really hoping that I would just like carve out a new lane in country music and it would be well received and it would be embraced and when it wasn't I was like I think I might need to leave country music. (laughs) Like Uh, I, you know, and, and it was just, it wasn't, um, I, yeah, I, I I realized how much pop punk and rock music is just such a huge part of my soul and ingrained in me. And, um, I think the pandemic, the pandemic really helped me kind of reconnect with that part of myself. Um, and I started, and that was sort of like a reflective time, which I'm sure it was for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just, it made, it kind of reminded us all of our like mortality and what, what will we be proud that we did and what will we wish we did? And like something that kept coming up for me was like, what, I want to stop worrying so much about the, what people will think of stuff. Like I want to do something that's fun and makes me happy. And I don't know if it'll work, but like I'll know that I release something that really feels authentic to me. Cause I, I do have roots in country music. I started singing on country music and I have roots in pop punk because that, that genre is like really where I got my start in like the music industry and what shaped me as a person. So it was, yeah, it was really, it was a cool album and it also, when it didn't work and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go for the pop punk thing. It almost felt like, wow, that felt like that album flopped for a reason and that it was it was essential because going from what i was doing before that album and then yeah. just right into pop punk um i i don't think anyone would be like wow i didn't see this coming but it would would have been a bit more of a jolt for sure
0: right exactly whereas this way it eases back into it you did have uh, yeah. i love that you have the stephen jenkins feature on that oh, you... <laughs> obviously so cool. yeah yeah did you get did you get to interact with him much like was there? Or...
2: Yeah, I mean, we we've um he's he heard a song that I released from one of my albums um back in 2019. I referenced Third Eye Blind in one of on um, one of the songs, mm-hmm. and when Third Eye Blind was coming through Nashville to tour, when they were playing with touring with Jimmy World, um they they asked me to come up and sing with them. So I got up and sang Losing a Whole Year with nice. them. Just
1: totally out of the blue, they reached out to you.
2: Yeah. They were like, I think they tweeted something. They were like, someone tagged them in a tweet about that song that I had. And they were like, Oh, you know, you should come up and sing. And then someone literally did get in touch with my manager at the time. And it was just like, what? So we've, we've done stuff over the years. We've collaborated live. He had me come up again last year when they were playing with, they were touring with taking back Sunday. And then, um, so before that, during during the pandemic, when I was writing this, this pop punk country record, um, yeah. he asked me to sing harmonies on a song on their record called Funeral Singers. And I said, yes, but would you sing on mine then? I was like a like, could you return the favor? Because yeah, yeah, I really want you to played. sing on my record. Yeah, yeah. He was like, well, I can't say no, can I? I'm like, I mean, you can, <laughs> but I hope you don't. So yeah, we've, we've, we've collaborated a little bit here and there. He's awesome.
0: Yeah. He's, he sounds like, a, he sounds like a proper character. Um, we, have, oh, yeah. we have, we have Max from Eve six on the show ages ago now, <gasps> but uh, he kind of, he sort of spoke about Stephen Jenkins very candidly, but affectionately at the same time. Cause obviously Eve six had <laughs> loads of tours with them in the early days, but he was yeah. of stories about him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I got to sit there for like 45 minutes doing vocal exercises with the band before their show and I was yeah. like I, I thought it was just going to be like a little you know 15 minute like la 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 but I was sitting there I was like it's been a half hour What the heck?
0: <laughs>
2: but they all do it as a band and you know it's really cute and they talk to each other in between scales it's like it was really fun and weird to be a part of but it was again like a very Stephen Jenkins thing that
0: yes yes I don't know
2: it's like I, I love that I love that um, one of my heroes has these quirks that I'll never forget you know <laughs> so that's pretty that's fun cool
1: I guess talking about collaborations as well you joined um, yellow card on on stage this year or well last year when we were mm-hmm. young how did that one come around another tweet
2: um, yeah no, not a tweet. Um, I did tour with them back in the day uh, with hey Monday and We've just always stayed friends. Um, Ryan from yellow card played on the emo's not dead cruise the year before last year. And I was on it too. So we we got to hang out and sister was there and we just had so much fun um, reconnecting and catching up. So when I went to when we were young last year um, I had a show already booked. So I just texted some friends. Like I texted Ryan, I texted Pierre from simple plan um texted michelle branch because we some we ran into each other a few times in nashville and i was just like hey i'll be there i'm gonna be at the festival like let me know if you want me to pop up um i'd be stoked and um all of them said yes so i was like oh crap i need to make sure they're not all (laughs) playing at the same time yeah and um it was i think honestly that was a huge reason why hey monday got added to when we we're young this year
0: oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah it was come just to that like yeah.
2: the visibility i was just like they will see me <laughs> they will pay attention um so yeah and then yellow card invited me up to sing on um good morning america at yeah, the top of the year yeah so they've just been so supportive and and awesome and i just i love those those guys they're they're great
0: that's cool we've we've we had ryan on the show a couple of years ago yeah like nice. it was it, it was a very brief one but he seemed like seemed like a nice guy yeah and I know exactly. I know lots of people who know him well and speak very well of him um yeah but I can I just go a little back slightly further because um just before the, the the when we were young stuff just um so after after the 2021 record and you were like okay that's it I'm coming back into pop punk what was the kind of what was the first thing you did to kind of initiate that change
2: I went to so this was um this was kind of, I was sort of one foot in one foot out at this point. Um, I was gearing up to go on the tour to support this pop punk country album. Um, I was about to go on that tour, but I decided to go to LA, stay with my friend, Allie who's a songwriter. And Mm -hmm. um, just, we were like, let's write let's. Cause I was kind of in a, I was in, a rut. I was not happy with the performance of the record. And so we wrote a song that's on my record, my current, my one that I'm almost finished with. And it was just like, Oh my God, I haven't heard myself this way in so long. And it made me emotional. It made me happy. It was so special. And I was like, fuck, okay, I'm doing this. And, um, I still had this tour to do <laughs> to promote this album that was failing, <laughs> but it was, um, it was good because the tour further solidified. I'm making the right decision because at the shows, it was like, I was playing the songs from this pop punk country record that were like heavier. And then I was playing some older stuff that was more country, but I always rock things up live. Cause that's my preference. Um, and then the crowd was always just so like mixed up. And a lot of people came up to me after and were like, I mean I I I expected a country show but that was like a rock show and I was like yeah I mean I've always done that live but like I I I prefer it so you're going to hear more of that sorry it just um, kind of
1: happened mid tour then you kind of just started to just try yeah. to just swerve a little bit more in that direction
2: Yeah I mean I'm on that tour I was doing like I was doing Decode by Paramore I was doing that cover and I was doing some stuff from like Hey, hey Monday stuff. I always play live. um So yeah, it just was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this tour. It'll be kind of like the the end of this era. And then after the tour was over, I just was full on started going back to LA to write more and more and more. Got yeah. in with you know writers that are fully in the pop punk world, like Nick Long and Nick Furlong and uh, Ali. We wrote a bunch of songs together. Um, so we just started accumulating all these songs and then eventually i was like oh there's you know dan swank is here in nashville he's he yep. is amazing and i've known him for a long time he's produced a bunch of stuff on this record so it just That's yeah nice. it just sort of snowballed and it was just like
0: he does a lot of stuff with uh, taylor as well doesn't he acorn yes yeah, yeah,
2: yeah yeah we the first session i had with taylor was with dan and that was the song coma that she released and then i sang on so we've had a good track record with writing with other artists
0: so yeah like a few singles last year um and a reimagining of like your your biggest biggest song as well i think you did that with your form your former bandmate the the yeah alex lipshaw yeah 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 that's very yeah
2: it was really fun it was very full circle because it was like you know taking a song that changed my life honestly and it was like the first single of my country career and doing yeah. it with someone who was you know such a huge part of my life and my journey in the pop punk space um and making it more in that vein was just like this it just felt right and it was just really fun to do together
0: now that you're back in the pop punk scene like what artists are you kind of listening to who would you like to tour with like what now that you're kind of fully immersed again are you kind of aware of like the, the obviously there's lots of legacy artists who are still going strong but there's a whole one yeah. whole stream of new artists like from both both sides like who's kind of in your ears at the minute
2: yeah i mean i i still i love so much of what's coming out of nashville i mean i, I obviously love taylor acorn charlotte yep. sands um there's a great artist john harvey that i'm i love his stuff um knox is great um i am a big fan of water parks a tour with them would be so amazing they're so um, huge now as well I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, it sounds like, a uh, yeah, easier said than done. Um, but I would love to tour with them. I, um, uh, I love Neck Deep. They're great. Um, I love Pale Waves. I yeah, love her
0: voice. Yeah, I love that she kind of still sings in her English accent a little bit which uh Yeah. We, we, I mean, I know Neck Deep are Welsh, but like with no disrespect to them, they they definitely don't sing in their region. Not no. I mean, <laughs> they have great they have great songs, but I love that Pale Waves still have that kind of you can tell she's English. I like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she just got such a cool vibe. Um I love her and I love I love um Royal and the Serpent. Um Yeah. I would love to tour with any, I mean, and I, one of my favorite bands is Biffy Clyro. So like touring with them would be insane, but um, I just saw them last year here in Nashville at Brooklyn bowl, which is a tiny, it's not tiny. It's small for them. It's tiny. For them it's small, and I yeah, just, yeah. yeah, compared to what they do over there. But yeah, those are some mm. of my favorites.
1: So what's, what's the, what's the plan for you now going forwards? Obviously, you got Hey Monday when we were young this year. You do, and you kind of you say you're working on an album, releasing is an album. Is that as just as yourself, or like, well, what? How are you yeah. kind of balancing the whole? What am I doing with Hey Monday, and what am I doing as my kind of self-release stuff? Like, what's the outlook look like for you?
2: You know, the, the when we are young thing is 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 a nostalgic, fun. Let's do something. Let's just do it because it would be fun thing. Um, full disclosure, not planning on doing like new Hey Monday stuff, not planning on a tour or anything like that. Um, I, I, yeah, my, my record's almost done. It's it's going to be under Cassidy Pope. It's um, pop punk. um, Heavier than the Hey Monday stuff, honestly, um, which is, which is what I always wanted to do, but we, we were Mm -hmm. on, we had some major label influence at the time. So, Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I'm, I'm gearing up to, to announce all of that information um, in the in the coming weeks and literally waiting on like one last master and then the album's done so it'll be out oh, wow okay. it'll be out in like this year a couple months mm-hmm.
1: oh, okay Great. Oh, that's yeah. okay awesome
2: yeah yeah so I'm very very excited and there's a couple of <laughs> good features on it um, I mean I don't care I can say this but uh, Aaron Gillespie's on it oh wow! because I I just love Under Oath so much. Mm-hmm. And this amazing rapper Deja McBride who's based in Nashville. She's oh, yeah. incredible. Um so we we did like a pop punk rap song together which I love. So Oh
0: okay, that's going to be interesting.
2: Yeah. There's a lot more of that that
0: happening these days as well. So
1: you know that's true. Definitely relevant. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's yeah, it's fun. It's fun to blend genres that you wouldn't think go together, but it just works. It's I I love the way it turned out. So I'm excited for people, people to hear that one
0: obviously you've had a few other bits and pieces recently. Like I I saw you you did emo night the other week and, and you also just announced, are you in in some production? Is it, is it like a musical of the walk to remember or something? Just tell us about that real quick.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they did it. They did a production in LA too. It's, it's a walk to remember. um, And it's like with, it's, it's obviously a shorter version than the movie, but um, they incorporate the soundtrack within the production so and if you remember the soundtrack it's like Switchfoot and um obviously mandy moore and just a lot of a lot of really great um i think there was like a um keen is in there somewhere but um a great soundtrack so they're basically taking it and just trying making it a musical it's it's a work in progress it's not like you know it'll be something people I think we'll look back on and be like, Oh, we got to see that when it was like bare bones. Cause it's not a huge set. It's not like we're all doing huge dance numbers or anything. And the goal is to like, basically show the potential of what this could be. Um, yeah. but the lead in, in the musical is Brian Dales from the Somerset and that oh, was sort of okay. my, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. and that was my connection to, he, you know, the director of the, of the musical had seen me sing with Brian a couple of times, once with uh, Somerset okay. yeah, and yeah. once for another thing. And um, I guess he, he just like asked Brian, like, does she act or anything? Like would she want to do this? And um, I've been coincidentally, I've been taking acting classes for a year and a half. So that's like oh, wow. something I'm pursuing actively and it just worked out. And um, I get to do a, do something with Brian again in like a very different, avenue very different arena so we're we're excited do you, do you
0: find yourself have you, do you, over this way very often because if i'm not is it you, your partner's from the uk right if i'm not yeah mistaken.
2: from from cornwall mm-hmm. i try to go at least once a year even ju- if it's just you know visiting with him and his family um i mean uh, we're both based here but he goes yeah. over there quite a bit
0: what well, uh, so <laughs> his family's still in cornwall
2: yes mm-hmm. whereabouts
0: my my, my 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 parents live down there now as well so
2: oh I a, yeah that's why I have um, a particular
0: interest.
2: <laughs> nice oh it's so gorgeous um Marazine yeah.
0: okay is that kind of like more sort of towards Penzance way like because
2: yes Tor- yeah
0: okay okay because my parents live in Falmouth I don't know how familiar you are with that part of course so I kind of know that bit but then
2: Falmouth has yeah I love that area it's beautiful with shopping and the boats and everything. Yeah, so, no, it's so nice. i'm from again from florida so be so visiting a place in england that sort of reminds me of florida in some ways but it's okay. like yeah. way more grand and with cliffs florida is so flat and there's not, not much scenery other than the beach um it's just really cool because our our hometowns are similar in that way like beach towns so yeah it's 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 um you know, that castle, St. Michael's Mount, just like oh. blows my mind every time. Yeah. I yeah. Visit. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. I haven't been yeah. there for a few years, but the first time my parents took me there, I was just like, wow. Yeah. This is good. That's when, like, <laughs> you, when the, t- you have to wait for the tide to be right to go out to it, right?
2: Yep. And then, and then if it's in or out, I forget how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. you have to take the little, the little boat back, which yeah. is, I don't yeah. mind at all. Um, but yeah. I, I, and touring and, and playing shows there, I, i'm working on it i really really love playing over there um it's just it's just got to be the right situation to make it you know i i, I guess the question it.
1: then off the back of that uh, obviously new album comes out in a couple of couple of months hopefully maybe a mm-hmm. bit a longer have you got is it more of a case of just waiting wait, to land that and then start to look at where where you take on the road or you've already got kind of Things lined up. I've
2: already like, got some things. Yeah, I've already got some things we're working on. Um, nothing's been confirmed. Um, but I'm I'm working on. I'm trying. It's just I think the landscape of touring right now is so different than it used to be. Um, yeah. everybody's taking out you know their best friends, and i I have a lot of friends that I that I think are. Wonderful, but it's like I, I just people are taking out their friends. People are are buying their way onto tours right now.
1: Is is, is you say that's you say that's changed? Is that like a pre post COVID thing or more just a not twenty years ago kind of thing? Like, uh.
2: I think it's both. I think I mean post COVID, it's like financially, economically, it is it's tough. um mm. The guarantees are lower and everything's more expensive. So touring. And I'm hearing that from like big artists as well. So it's just like across the board, uh, just harder. Um, And then, yeah, I do think now it's less about like, Oh, are we, are we label mates? Are we, do we have the same manager? And it's literally people like who are friends and, and who, you know, both have bands. So they're like, let's just go out on tour together. And it's less of like, let's look through who's doing some cool stuff now that we could, you know, just like, let's change it up. Like, I I love going and seeing tours and it's like the same people every time. But I also think like that's, that's part of the problem is as, and that's why a lot of, um, a lot of people just don't tour very much. It's it's just like, I could go out and do like a headlining club thing, but it's also again, like financially and it's just not, it's not easy. So I want to do it, but I'm not going to like, I've already done. I've already done things where I've lost so much money just to invest in myself, and I'm like, yeah. "I'm going to be 35 this year. I don't, eh, I don't need to do you that."
1: Evaluate oh. the risk versus reward a little bit differently, like these yes. days. Before here. Sorry, I yeah. just got
2: a phone call, so I don't know if my thingy just.
0: No, um, oh, no yeah. you're good. You're
2: good. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I, it's different. My way of thinking now, for sure. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm been that. around. um i think nick unless we've left anything out that that you've noticed and i haven't we could probably wrap this up in a in a second cassidy because we uh we really appreciate your time and you've given us quite a lot of it already um nick should we do should we finish with like a quick fire what do you think i I know you always do this and and i'm never prepared (laughs) (laughs) like we kind of yeah but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, we normally have these written out, but I feel like we've done so many of these, we could just do them off the top of our heads. Right. What do you think, Nick? So Sorry, yeah, Cassidy, yeah. we should have had this bit. Ooh, prepared, I bit like this. Prior to this, but I reckon we could just... Oh, please. We could go in for this and then, then wrap this thing up.
2: Awesome.
0: Am I going first, then? Go on, Nick. Yeah, let's <laughs> okay. see what you see what you come up with. Dream tour,
1: dead or alive artists.
2: Um, Blink-182. Queen. Um, Shania Twain.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and Biffy Cairo.
0: Huh? That would be a very interesting tour.
2: Something for um, everyone, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, favorite movie? Dumb and Dumber. Shower or bath? Shower. Um favorite TV show.
2: Oh, um Honestly, Game of Thrones. I've seen it like twice all the way through yeah, now right. and holds up every time.
1: Cats or
0: dogs?
2: Dogs. But I do like cats.
0: Good Charlotte or Sum 41?
2: Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I know them both. Yeah. Both. I love them both. <laughs> if you want just like down the middle, like pop punk. Good Charlotte, oh wait, no, you said Good Charlotte and Sum Forty One or Simple I Plan. I
0: did. Uh, no, no, Sum Forty One and Good Sum Charlotte. Sum Forty One. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and
2: if you want, like punk, punk. Sum Forty One. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Very diplomatic answer. I like that.
1: Uh, <laughs> festival or headline show, or headline tour.
2: Oh man, that so. depends. For not the headlining tour I did when I left Hey Monday, that was awful. <laughs> but um we had Hey Monday had some really fun headlining shows. I'll say headlining shows because sometimes the festivals are like there's so many people that it's like you don't really get to connect. It's yeah, hard to connect. You
1: get
0: in and you get out, kind of deal. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I've never headlined a festival, so it's always during the day, which is eh.
0: British or American food.
2: <laughs> American food. Sorry. <laughs> I love a pasty though. I love a pasty, but oh yeah, you get of Cornish pasty.
1: Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm out, Chris, because I'm okay. I'm yeah, prepared, okay, so. f-
0: yeah. Fi- final one. What? <laughs> uh, you can only take one record to a desert island with you. Which, which, which album are you taking?
2: Ooh, um, I'll go with Let Go by Avril Lavigne. That's nice. nice. Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: cool.
2: That's a big, big okay. one for me.
0: Um, yeah, on, on that note, I think, I think we can leave things there. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been just a pleasure.
2: It's been awesome. Thank you for having me.